Alrighty friends, you know what that music means. You're here in the barber's chair with the barber and the beard. I'm Lewis the Beard. And I'm Drew the Barber. And uh, we're here with our first episode in the month of December, so yay! Chilly. Yes. Winter has come to the Pacific Northwest with a vengeance. It's quite cold up here. It's quite cold, and you and I have very short haircuts right now. Yes, my head is cold. Well, the top of my head is cold, but my beard is keeping the bottom half of your my head warm. beard is quite majestic. Like, if your beard extended to the rest of your body, you would be Bigfoot. I'm working on it, yeah. I'm working thing. on just, like, I would, love, I would love a knee-length beard. I think I could get used to it. You know, in high school, we had a mutual friend whose goal was to grow her hair down to her vagina. Really? Yeah. I don't know this fact about this person. (laughs) (laughs) She told me about it backstage during a show. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, Drew, how have you been this week? Uh, I have been good, man. I've been super busy. I did like a million haircuts today. Yeah. Yours being one of them. That's right. Yeah. I am a continual customer of the Too Sweet Barbershop. Again, not a paid sponsor of this podcast. Never. Um, but yeah, just been super busy keeping my head down with that and um, getting excited for Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, wait, Thanksgiving already happened. In- Thanksgiving will have already happened by the time this episode comes out. So we are getting ready for Thanksgiving this upcoming That's week. That's true. Yeah, we have quite the lag time on these. Yeah, it happens, whatever. We do. <laughs> the world can't handle more than twice a month of the barber and the beard. And, it's, and I couldn't handle giving it to the world, so exactly. there we go. You know what, since this is taking place in the future, mm-hmm. how was Thanksgiving with the Cruz family? Uh, well, I enjoyed an entire bottle of wine, so... Excellent! Yeah. See, there you go, speaking into existence. That's, I'm bringing an entire bottle of Apothic wine with me. That's actually a really easy thing to speak into existence. Drinking an entire bottle of wine? Yeah, all you need is a bottle of wine, then you can make it happen. That's right. Live your dreams. If, that's, if I've learned anything from these 10-year um, difference posts that everybody's doing, myself included, uh, it's that you're going to speak the next 10 years into existence. You know, I looked at some pictures of me from 2009, and truth be told... I might look worse. (laughs) Or at the very least, the difference is like negligible. I don't, I'm not posting it because it doesn't seem worth it. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I would say that remembering what you looked like in high school, you at least now know how to smile in pictures. That's true. I famously don't know how to smile in pictures. I'm not a photogenic person. All right. That's not true. There's some good, that that picture from, um... The photo shoot at the barbershop. Yeah. I need a professional photographer <laughs> to make me look good in photos. That maybe that's what it is. Yeah, or like that picture of you and Brittany where you like just licked her face. That's a pretty good picture of you guys. Well, I mean, come on, I just licked your face. <laughs> Who's not happy about that situation? That's true. That's very true. Uh, all right. Well, shall we just dive right into it? Yeah. All right. We are. Um, we're hesitant to dive into it because, uh, as you may or may not be aware. The impeachment proceedings have been happening, and it's been, um, f- fun? Fun is the word I'm, I want to use. We wanted it to be fun, but it's just sad. It is sad, and it's, like, annoying. Yeah, and lots of people are just, like, straight up yelling. Like, anytime... So much, so much adult yelling. Anytime the Republicans are, like, you're attacking President Trump, it's just like, can you speak like an adult, please, and use your inside voice? I, yeah, there's a lot of, like, I have a lot of, I don't know, complex thought, emotion about all of this stuff, but mainly it comes down to, like, I just get so, it's like a cycle almost. I get confused because these Republicans are just, like, not paying attention to logic, or they're just ignoring it, right. or they're just, like, murdering it. What? But then, it's like me, it's like, how can you how can you avoid that? Like, I couldn't. So then I get mad at them. But then yeah. I get tired from how mad that I am. So, like, I get apathetic. But then they do something all over again that, like, stirs me up. I think my favorite thing to come out of this was Trump's response to Sondland's testimony with mm-hmm. the handwritten note to make it look like this is what he said prior. Yeah. And it's just, like, you clearly took a Sharpie in your office ten minutes after that. And also, what does this president have against a press conference room? Have you noticed that every single response he's given in the last four months has been on his way out to the helicopter? I, I, I do love that his chosen escape route from reporters 
is like the most uh, like movie villain thing ever. It's just a helicopter. It's like when Doctor Evil's trying to leave. <laughs> if he was more physically fit, I could just see him like dangling from the rope ladder, hanging from the helicopter, laughing at the reporters. Right. Well, and speaking of that, he went in for his part one of his physical. First of all, you can't have an annual physical where part one and part two take place in two different calendar years. Let's just start there. <laughs> like, that, let's just start with that. This is not an, an clearly it's not an annual, annual two-part physical. That's ridiculous. You know? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And also, what's bothering me the most about this is the response people are having. Is Most of the responses to it are people are like, it's because he's so fat, he needs it in two parts. And it's just like, okay, Trump's fatness doesn't make him a bad person. Yeah, I saw that kind of floating around on the interwebs. Um, And that's like a good point. Because, like, he is an ugly person. Mm -hmm. But the ugliness that's okay to make fun of is, like, the internal Mm -hmm. ugliness. Like the evil inside him. Yeah. I mean, there's factual statements that could be made. Like, his organs are probably ugly because he consists... Uh, he, like, sustains himself on a diet of, like, Diet Coke and McDonald's. There was but, like a BuzzFeed, this was, uh, like, maybe a year into the presidency, where two BuzzFeed people um, followed his diet. Like, mm, because I watched pu- this. It's yeah. public knowledge. And yeah. they ate, like, President Trump for the day. And I was just kind of like, how is this man still alive? I do want to point out that from the ages of 21 to 23, I pretty much followed that diet. Um, and also with, like, a fair amount of more liquor than Donald Trump consumes. <laughs> and, um, it is amazing that he's alive because, like, I had to stop. Or I was just gonna die. Right. Well, by the time you hit, like, 24, 25, you kind of realize, wow, I should eat a vegetable. I know. It's like an independent thought that I had on my own. I was like, I need something green. You know? And not, and not pesto. Um, okay, well, jumping back to the, um to the impeachment hearings a little bit. I, I tried keeping up with it on Twitter. I tried watching the um, live parts as much as I could and watching the playback. And it just... What was frustrating to me is it's like, this is not news. Mm-hmm. Like, we we know that a crime has been committed mm-hmm. and they're saying the truth. But it seems to me like there's still a question of whether a crime has occurred or not. And there is no question. Yeah, um, but... <laughs> The, I like their strategy, right? It's mm-hmm. like, did President Trump demand a quid pro quo? Yes. A couple people have said yes. One guy said no. Then another guy said yes. And he was like, let me back into that room so I can change my answer to yes. Like, people have rescinded their testimony mm-hmm. to what I believe the truth to be. Because everybody's siding on the side of the truth, hopefully. And the Republican response to this... Brilliant, might I say, is, I don't know about that. That's it. People go, there was a crime. And the Republicans go, was there? I don't know about that. Maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, maybe. But, like, probably not. You know? Eh. Uh, Well, and things aren't that much better for one Democrat uh, right now, uh, lovely Joe Biden. Oh, creepy Uncle Joe. Yeah, Joe Biden has slowly become, over the course of this election season, he has become the uncle who you tolerate at Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, he went from fun uncle who might, like, you know, sneak you some firecrackers or something. We all had an uncle like that. Mm -hmm. But then he turned into, like, the uncle where, like, you wouldn't want them to, like, hang out around the children anymore. Right. He's become that uncle who says colorful things about Asian people that just don't fly anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I had a guy uh, in the in my shop the other day that was kind of like that, where he, I mean, like, really nice guy, you know, but um, he does have a habit of using a very archaic term for Asian people. And I was just like, dude. It's got to stop. Yeah. Like, that is so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's rough. Just as uncomfortable as when Joe Biden, in reference to domestic violence, says this is an issue that we need to keep punching at and punching at. That's like... It's it's either incredibly tone deaf, Mm -hmm. or he has so few, like... Frames of reference. Or just, I was going to say, like, synapses left in his brain... (laughs) That he's like, 
his brain's already like, look, we're in the fight. Like, he brought up domestic violence. We're thinking of fighting. Let's just go with the fighting metaphor. It's so much less work than traveling all the way to the other side of the brain and thinking of something else. Yeah. So, like, either he's super, like, calloused and inconsiderate, or he's so old that he can't think well. Either way, I don't want that guy to be president. Oh, when he was the vice president, he was just cool as fuck. Yeah. He was just chilling, you know? But he also had that energy of Barack Obama to work off of. And Obama mm -hmm. had, like... I think part of it, too, was he was willing to work under the leadership of Barack Obama. And Barack had, like, a really good plan of, like... He, he, could, he could corral him a little bit. Harness yeah. back that, that Uncle Joe vibe. It's like those memes, of, like, after Trump was elected, where it's like, I'm not going to give him the Wi-Fi password. Joe, yeah, Joe, yeah. You know, that's the... I feel like that's really the relationship that they had. I, I definitely think that they let us believe that they were more friendly than they are. I mean, it turns out Obama's not that cool, dude. Did you hear what he's been saying the past week? No. He was basically just, like, telling young people, like, not to be so uh, idealistic and radical and to just kind of, like, accept gradual change over time. I... And it's like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Community Organizer. <laughs> like, let me just chill out. I feel like he's coming from that from a place of having been inside the system for eight years. And, like, I see the value of that statement. But at the same time, a revolution's gonna be huge. Yeah. No I mean, more 1%. No more corrupt medical issues. <laughs> I'm Bernie Sanders. I'm Bernie's gonna die soon, too. He's been on the campaign trail for, like... Six years or something? I don't know. Like, he's just been, like, running for, like... I mean, when he ran last year, and then... Uh, and then even after the 2016 election, he was still kind of campaigning. Like, he, he still... There was still the hope that he would run, so mm -hmm. he was keeping that train alive. Yeah, and it's just like, dude, you're old. He's also out of touch in a lot of ways, uh, and says some, like, kind of callous shit. Right, which is why, like, we were talking about when you were cutting my hair, the uh, Warren Sanders ticket. Mm -hmm. Like, he would be a great vice president for Elizabeth Warren. I still... Yeah, why not? I, I think anybody would be a fine vice president. Like, make my dog the vice president. I don't give a shit, dude. They don't do anything. They'd still be better than John Adams. <laughs> They'd be better than any... My dog would be better than most vice presidents, dude. At least my dog doesn't hate gay people. <laughs> That's true. Ollie licks indiscriminately. It's true, man. Doesn't matter who you are, how you identify. She'll show you some love. It's true. Man. Too much love. Too much love. So much love that you have to like shove her off of you. Yeah, but she's only twelve pounds. <laughs> it's pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I I don't want to talk about politics anymore. I, I was just thinking that I've extra. Yeah, I, I didn't want to talk about it in the first place. <laughs> we are gonna jump into. Oh, this will be fun because it's movie clippers time. Yes. And because this is technically our first episode in the month of December. Jingle bells. Batman smells. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about Batman later. That's pretty great. It is gonna be great. But we are we're gonna talk about first uh, because December is what I like to call Oscar month because it's when all of most of the Oscar nominated movies start coming out. Mm -hmm. um, I have a movie that I want to talk about, but first I want to hear about all of the holiday movies that Drew has already watched. Now, mind you, when we're recording this, Thanksgiving has not happened. And how many Christmas movies have you watched already? I mean, dude. Who's to say? And, like, what's the point in counting, you know? The uh, journey is, or the joy is in the journey, and not the ultimate number of Christmas movies you watch? I don't know. We'll go with that. Um, yeah, I've watched a ton. Uh, you know, I like to spread the love around. A little bit of the Hallmark, a little bit of the Netflix, a little bit of the Disney, the a little Hallmark. bit of the Hulu. The Hallmark ones are really fun. Yeah, I mean, um, we have a little, like, drinking, bingo drinking thing, you mm. know. And we also do the thing where you put the Santa hat on the yeah, corner yeah, of the TV. Take a, take a drink anytime someone wears the hat. Right, and then you also just have to constantly keep drinking so these movies are bearable. <laughs> but um, the ones that I will highlight, mm -hmm. um, I watched Let It Snow. Yes, uh, which is an adaptation of a John Green, Maureen Johnson. And there is a third author who I don't remember. Uh, I think it might be David Levithan. Well, not good <laughs> would be my review. But, like, in a very pleasant way, I guess. Um, 
it takes this movie is a very like poor uh version of like love actually where a bunch of different yeah. story threads uh start and uh they're all woven together and instead of it being at like a, a inspiring and spirited children's music performance uh all the stories come together uh, at an underground DJ show in a Waffle House. Well, isn't that run by uh, Ned from uh, Spider-Man? Yes, that it is run by Bald Ned, which, I'm sorry, <laughs> he looks like Dwayne The Rock Johnson <laughs> if he was allergic to shellfish and, like, <laughs> ate some shellfish. Because Bald Ned looks like Dwayne. Well, well, but, I mean, that's the reason he shaves his head is because if he doesn't, he has that... Like, that's just how his hair grows. And For I mean, sure. I'm yeah. sure it's a choice to part it. That might be the best way his hair looks. Yeah. Um, I also think that it doesn't hurt to align yourself with the visuals of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's true. Um, yeah, that movie, utterly skippable. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, the girl who plays Sabrina in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, she's in it, and she's not that good. No, she's terrible. She's not likable. No, very unlikable. Really? Most, Most of, the of the characters are very <laughs> unlikable. That's very true. I I think about that now more than anything in a movie. Like, I don't care about really, like, the editing or, like, the lighting or whatever. Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't know how to pay attention to that stuff. But what I pay attention to is, like, goddamn, most of these characters are, like, super unlikable. Yeah. Um, and that was um, my problem with Noelle on Disney+. Plus. Noelle, was the, that? The Anna Kendrick one? Oh, yeah. Um, she's kind of a bitch to yeah, start off she's with. she's like, they have a whole subplot about how she's not a good person, and it's like never really addressed. And it's in and the first, her, like, ten minutes of the movie. And then, like, the last, like, ten minutes, too. Like, but through, throughout the middle, she is a good person. So, like, in the beginning, they're like, she's selfish. And then... All throughout the middle, she just, like, breaks her back trying to get her brother back to save Christmas. And then at the very end, um, like, the nanny was like, you know Christmas isn't, like, all about you, right? And then she's like, yeah, I figured that out. And then that's like, but you were, like, a good person the entire movie. Someone just told me that you were a bad person. Right, but because they established those first few minutes where she's not a good person, yeah. I don't care about anything that happens for the rest of the movie. Yeah, I mean, most of it is pretty nonsensical. Also, like, Bill Hader's character moves from the North Pole to Phoenix, Arizona. Um, by the way, the fact that she could pronounce Phoenix, but not pronounce Arizona, she was like, oh, it's Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm like, really? You got Phoenix, though. Nailed it. Well, to be fair, a Phoenix is a mythical creature. And she does live at the North Pole with a bunch of elves. So, like, I kind of get that. But I'll, it... I'll, I'll accept that defense. But Bill Hader's character, let's see if you can find a defense for this one, <laughs> moves from the North Pole. As far as I know, no social security number, no uh, passport. No, no, he's off the grid. Off the grid, living in a magical the Kringle, kingdom. The Kringles are off the grid. Yeah. He just gets a job teaching yoga. He In the beginning of the movie, all he said was, I would love to learn to do yoga. And all of a sudden, he's a yoga teacher. Two weeks later, this guy's teaching yoga. Um, that's just the beginning. Uh, oh, also, they just feed junk food to the reindeer the entire movie. And yeah. They never pay that off. The reindeer never get sick or, like, get bloated or, like... But also, the, ty the CGI for the reindeer is just god-awful. Like, 1990s Disney CGI. Oh, we're gonna get into god-awful CGI later. <laughs> but, to wrap up on that movie... Mm -hmm. Um, again, not good. No. I don't, and you know what? It's a shame because, like, Anna Kendrick is, like, fine. But the, the material so is, good. like, paper thin. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, and it's a complete ripoff of the Santa Claus. They took, like, some good elements of the Santa Claus movies, put them into this movie, spun it around in a blender, and ch took off the fat, and that's what was left. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Also, like... Enough with the Santa Claus, like, Santa being bad at being Santa. Also, Santa dying. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. But, like, <laughs> I hate it so much where it's like, okay, if we're going to live in a world where Santa exists, mm -hmm. if that's this movie, he would have to be impeccable 
Otherwise, it wouldn't exist. Right. Somebody would have found out about it. People would have found the North Pole. Like, blah, blah, blah. Could have, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. human intervention would have stopped him from doing it. So, like, I'm, I'm very tired of, like... Santa being, like, Anna Kendrick, like, bad at it for a while. The other thing that was really weird about that movie, just to sort of wrap up, is the um, product placement. Did you notice at the beginning of the movie that there were, like, Mickey Mouse, like, hidden Mickeys on the floor? Yeah, there were some hidden Mickeys on the floor in Santa's workshop. I did notice that. Um, so everybody wants a fucking iPad, but, like... That was the other weird one, too, is, like, the, the underlying message of the movie was, like, uh, iPads make... Christmas better. Yeah. So, capitalism. So there you go. This, this was a very pro-capitalism Disney movie. Super. Yeah, like the phrase, I love gifts, was used like 20 times in the movie. Right, which like, regardless of what you think about Christmas, like how you celebrate it, I think the real spirit of Christmas is in giving. I think that's what makes a good Christmas movie palatable, is when you have the heart in there, not so much the commercialism, which is why the Grinch will stand the test of time for me. I mean, I don't, yeah, whatever you celebrate, like, Christmas, it just, it, it isn't about getting, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's about whatever, reconnecting with loved ones or, like, celebrating the, you know, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I mean, it could be anything. <laughs> uh, it, it went from family to Jesus. <laughs> And then everything else in between. To be honest, I do think that, like, my brainwashing kicked in. I don't even... Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a Christian sleeper cell. I'm a Christian sleeper cell, dude. I've, uh, been, I've been reactivated. When the rapture comes, you will be a part of the army of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know what's sad is now I have to go to confession for saying that. Yeah, yeah. well, you know. You, you picked a more rigid system, my friend. I, did, I didn't pick it. It was thrust upon me, and then I was kind of like, I'm too deep now to really find something else. Yeah, stay for the pageantry. That's true. I do love the pageantry of Catholicism. Let me tell you, there is nothing that makes my little Catholic dick harder than than walking into Mass on Christmas Eve and just all of the lights and the decorum and just like the way that Catholic uh, churches are built, the architecture and... They did have good architects. They did. And, you know, the only thing that I could do without, but like I get why he's there, is the uh, the dead Jesus, just dead center. Mm. No pun intended. I have enjoyed the fact that Protestant church doesn't have dead Jesus. We prefer a live Jesus. But, you know, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Protestants living three days in the future. <laughs> and that's the title. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, oh, and then the last Christmas movie. No, I could talk about two more. Okay. We got time. Um, I'll make this one quick. I watched Holiday in the Wild with uh, Rob Lowe and the, oh, the woman yeah. who played Charlotte on Sex and the City. Don't, we, we don't, don't know her name. Don't know her name. Um... This movie was produced by the Motion Picture Association of America and is pretty much pro-elephant propaganda. And that's fine. Like, elephants are great. Um, The plot of this movie is... By the way, this movie starts in August and you stay in August for about 45 minutes in an hour and a half movie. It's a Christmas movie. So is it a Christmas movie in the same way that, like, Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie? No, it's a Christmas movie. But... For, I'd say Acts 1 and 2 are really in the month of August. <laughs> so, long story short, this lady, this is not a spoiler, it happens in the first five minutes of the movie. She gets divorced. Oh no. And um, she was like, well, I already booked this trip to Africa on a safari, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go on a safari. Long story short, she meets Rob Lowe, who's like this handsome bush pilot. <laughs> That's dirty. Oh, later on, he pilots her bush. But, initially, no, it's actually, like, it's really ridiculous how just, like, vanilla uh, Roblo's character is. Mm -hmm. He's just, like, a guy 
who was born and raised in Africa because his dad was a game warden out uh, mm-hmm. on like the animal reserves. Mm-hmm. And um, he's really passionate about rescuing elephants. And like, it's a real life thing, the elephant orphanage rescue thing. Um, and, uh, his character is just, like, he flies around and looks for, like, abandoned elephants or something, you know, so they can swoop in and, like, save the, save the orphans. <laughs> I know it's not actually how they do it, but I just imagine the plane. They yes. Just, they just swoop in and pick up. I know. Like, like it's an old school Spyro the Dragon minigame. I was thinking from, uh, The Dark Knight where he just clips the weather balloon onto the guy and it shoots him, like, up into the stratosphere. <laughs> 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 exactly. Um, and it turns out in real life, the woman who played Charlotte on Sex in the City is like actually heavily involved with the real life organization. She's okay. very, so I think that this movie is literally like, she just wanted to get the word out about her passion project. Um, but then she falls in love with Africa. She stays for months and months mm-hmm. until Christmas. Then, uh, ultimately her son who was away at college comes out and visits her mm-hmm. and is like, mom, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. And so she just decides to stay in Africa and hang out with some uh, elephants. Basically. Those are the broadest strokes of the movie. Um, so yeah, basically like around 45 minutes in, you just fa- fast forward to Christmas really, really fast. And then they just do like 45 minutes of Christmas stuff. In Africa. In Africa, yeah. Is it like specifically African Christmas or is it like American Christmas in Africa? I mean, it's like a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah, I mean like it seemed like they had some pretty like legitimate African actors and like the movies definitely shot in Africa, but the bad CGI I was talking about earlier, oh God. all the elephants they use are real, right? Like all of them, they're, they're filming in Africa at the actual place, mm-hmm. except like there's this little baby elephant that she helps rescue on her first day. Oh no. His name is Manu. And, um, it is like, it's worse than that new Dumbo that came out. That was pretty atrocious. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, like, pretty bad. But you can tell that they used, like, an animatronic physical, like, robot one for um, any shot that was obstructed. Mm -hmm. So, like, if she was standing in front of the elephant or if it was, like, from the back or something like that, you could tell it was an animatronic one. But they just did, like, any time they needed to see the face or the head. It just, it astounds me that people can get CGI so wrong when Jurassic Park in the mid-90s got it so right. And granted, that was, like, the proper marriage of, like, prosthetic, real, practical robots with a little bit of CGI. And I know that they've gone back and remastered because that's what you do with everything these days. But, damn, it's so easy to make an elephant look good. Well, I think what it is, is, um... Like you said, it's the marriage, right? Mm-hmm. I, I listened to a really interesting interview with Rick Baker, who's, like, the makeup guy in um, Hollywood. I mean, he did, like, he worked on Jurassic Park. And yeah. then he did, like, I mean, literally, if a crazy movie was made from the 70s up until, like, maybe 10 years ago, he probably had had some hand in it. And um, he kind of talks about that, where he's like, I don't really care about CGI. It's like, it's not stealing my job. Because, like, it wouldn't look that good without me. Like, mm-hmm. if you 100% CGI an elephant, it's always going to look terrible. Right. But, like, if you have an animatronic elephant that you can, like, CGI, like, expressions onto the face or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think something like that. Like, motion capture, you know Kind of like I mean? how they did um, with Babe. Like, they would use the real animals for the shot, but they would use CGI to make the mouth movements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that I think Babe is a good standard of a film, but here we are. Yeah, I watched it so long ago. Who's to say if it's good or not? I am here to say that it's not. That'll do, pig. (laughs) That'll do. Uh, And the last movie I want to talk about is The Night Before Christmas, and that is Night with a K. Um, Oh, is that the one where... Vanessa Hudgens, baby. Where the knight comes back from... Long story short, a knight, a 14th century knight, this guy's from the 13 fucking hundreds, all right? 1300s. This was Netflix, right? Yeah. He shouldn't be speaking English, <laughs> all right? But he sounds like... It would be like Gaelic at that point, wouldn't it? Or like uh, like old German or something. Yeah, you know? it wouldn't... It would English, as, as we know, it wouldn't have been what's coming out of his mouth. I don't believe so. And so uh, he... <laughs> there is a woman in this movie whose name in the credits and the name in the subtitles and the name that everyone refers to her as... 
is Old Crone. That's her character name. So he gets sent forward in time by an old crone, and he just lands in an amusement park, and he's like, at best, mildly dazed. He should have a fucking seizure. <laughs> like, the lights, the music, the smells, the amount of people, like, that would be overload for his simpleton brain. Yeah, he would be, like, on the ground, like, hyperventilating from yeah. freaking out. But, because he's a knight, he's just, like, takes it in stride. And everyone thinks he's just there because, it's like, cr the thing that they're at is called, like, the Christmas Castle. It's like a medieval Christmas. So he just thinks it's all magic. No, he, he knows what happened. She basically tells him. The, 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 the old, old crone. crone. Yeah. Come on, dude. The old crone. That's true. She's going to lay it out just like every good Yeah, old she crone. tells him, like, you're going to go on a quest. And then she kicks him to the future. Um, and so then Vanessa Hudgens finds him, obviously. Mm -hmm. And we don't even need to get into her story. But just know that um, her backstory has so many holes in it, uh, it couldn't hold water. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. She lives in, like, a mansion. And, uh, the, and like, someone's like, how did you afford this house? And basically the answer was my parents are dead. So I got to move in. She's like in her like late twenties, maybe early thirties in this movie. <laughs> and that's just the best way they could come up with her living in like a really nice house was just like her parents were rich, but then they died. So then she got to keep it. And it's like, oh fuck, that sucks. <laughs> what the fuck? I know. What on God's green earth? And so, yeah, and so she meets this guy because he's wandering around in a blizzard like a moron looking for his horse. <laughs> <laughs> and she hits him. It makes me think of that scene where Thor in the first Thor movie mm -hmm. where he walks into a pet shop and he's like, give me, a, give me your finest riding animal. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that. He's just looking around for his horse. She hits him with his car. and uh, <laughs> Also like Thor. Yeah, but he's wearing like... Full, full night regalia. Full armor, you know, so he's totally fine. And he just gets up and he's like, oh, pray thee, m'lady. Apologies, I appear to have run into your uh, your steel horse. <laughs> um, But so he's just like totally cool with everything. Just calls a car a steel horse or a steel steed. And it's like, dude, horses and cars have nothing in common. At all. Just because you sit in one and it take each one can take you a place. I mean, they both have horsepower. That's about it, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, and so then she takes him home, and I shit you not, this is the next plot point in the movie. They have sex. No. No. Oh. She takes him back to his house, and she goes, I have a guest house. Just stay here. It's better than you sleeping out in the snow. No one would say that to a stranger. To a stranger who is, who is clearly... From her perspective, he should be deranged. Yeah, well, I skipped over the part where they took him to the hospital and just said that the doctor thought he had amnesia from the head injury. So, like, it's, a, again, thin. Thin, you know, these excuses. But what I find hilarious is, as soon as he gets to the guest house, the next thing he does is he watches TV for three days. <laughs> so... So if a medieval knight watches TV for three days, it's a plot point in a movie. But if I do it, someone needs to call my therapist. Yeah. So he watches TV for three days and they conveniently use this as an excuse to basically catch him up on the last 700 years. I'm sorry. You could not get through 700 years in three days. It's not like he understands history, but he's like, he knows what a toaster is by the end of three days. Because that's important. Well, it's just like, it's a way for them to like... He only brings up shit that he doesn't understand when it's convenient to the plot, and the rest of the time, it's just assumed that he figured it out while watching TV. Uh. They get a 13th century night to use the phrase, lit af. <laughs> oh man, Netflix is really worried about Disney+, Plus, aren't they? I guess. I don't know. It was great. This movie was <laughs> awesome. I will have to watch it. That, yeah. sound, that sounds like a fun ride. And I am eagerly awaiting... Uh, Christmas Princess 3, The Royal Baby. We haven't even gotten the sequel. Yeah, we have. We have? There's Christmas Prince, Christmas Prince 2, A Royal Wedding, and Christmas Prince 3, The Royal Baby. Oh, I did not know this. December 8th, dude. Oh, wow. I guess I know what Drew's doing on December 8th. Yeah, I convinced myself that I thought it came out last night, and when I got home and checked Netflix, I was like, super bummed. Yeah. 
But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, you've been watching all the good Christmas stuff. Uh, I haven't watched a ton uh, just because in, in the time we recorded the last podcast, Disney Plus has come out. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of DuckTales and Star Wars Rebels because I am a 12-year-old boy. Darkwing Duck, baby. <sighs> um, but what I have seen, uh, which is the first of probably many Oscar-worthy movies coming out this uh, in the next couple of months, is Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, I had a huge vested interest in this movie. Uh, my dad was a mechanic uh, when I was growing up, and he also owned a Ferrari for a time. But what I love about this movie is the story of Ford versus Ferrari, broad strokes, Ford manufacturing is starting to see a slump in their sales, and Henry Ford II, who is the grandson of Henry Ford, was like, we're fucked. Like, we gotta do something to beat Chevy. And so... Um, I can't remember the guy's actual name, but he's played, played by, um, um, John Barthol. Oh, yeah. Um, he has a significant part in this movie where he's like, if you want to bring Ford back to life, we build a racing car and we race Ferrari. And so they go through the course of this. They hire, um, Matt Damon's character to do it. Carol Shelby. Carol Shelby, one of the finest racers in the game. Uh, he, at that point, was no longer a racer. He was uh, selling cars out of L.A. Um, but uh, he was one of the only Americans to have ever raced and won at Le Mans, which is the um, the 24-hour racing circuit in France. I thought France. Le Mans was what you uh, did when you were going to have a baby. You went to Le Mans classes. Le Mans. Le Mans. <laughs> I knew you were gonna make that joke. I saw, I saw the gears turning in your head. In France, did they call the movie Le Mans Runner? <laughs> uh, uh, no. What they call it? Something really stupid. They don't call it Ford v Ferrari in uh, European markets. Um, but anyway, so Shelby gets his friend uh, Kenneth Miles, who is played by Christian Bale to uh, race the car, and it's their story of uh, how they win for the first time and beat Ferrari, I think it was 69, the first... Spoiler alert! Yes, clearly a spoiler for something that happened <laughs> over 40 years ago, almost 50 years ago. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, it's a fantastic movie. It looks fantastic. I'm really excited to watch it. Um, the racing scenes are shot so fantastically. It's by um, James Mangold, who directed Logan. Yes! Um, he directed this film, and I just, I love that he kind of just does these weird, weirder stories where, like, he kind of just gets to do whatever he wants with the cinematography and his DP. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but really what made this movie fun was the chemistry between Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Like, I thought... It could have been my dad and one of his friends. Like, they just... They just had so much fun. They were doing all the car stuff. Uh, there are a couple of shots where I just, like, started tearing up because Christian Bale just kind of looked like what my dad was doing. Like, he was so into it, into what he was doing, making the craft. Uh, 11 out of 10, without a doubt. Go see this movie. Um, I think the next one I'm probably going to see is either going to be the Fred Rod... Uh, Mr. Rogers movie or the... Um, uh, 1917, the World yeah, War One movie. 1917 looks good. I uh, It was all a one-shot. Oh, before we leave, uh, well, I guess this is movies, but I was going to ask, have you watched The Mandalorian at all? Oh, my God. Yes, I have. Have you seen the most recent episode? Or I haven't watched any of it. Okay. I'm pretty excited, though. I, I Not can't. really. I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> I feel like I'm lying when I say that. I'm, like, mildly interested, and mainly because of Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog does a really great job, but ultimately, this show is fantastic. Someone sold it to me as a Western it earlier is. today. It's it's a spaghetti. It's not really a spaghetti western, but like a it, space getty western. It's a space getty western. It's fantastic, and there are there are long swaths where there is no dialogue. I enjoy that. I I love it. J uh, John Favreau really thought about how he wanted to create this little story of the universe, and like I really like the Mandalorian because it's two things that are kind of untapped in the Star Wars universe. 
the smaller pieces of the lore that you don't really get to explore too deep in the larger movies. Love me some lore. You know, like the whole the whole religion of being Mandalorian and like the whole like core of bounty hunters and m- things that are set post the fall of the Empire after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. when this is set. And like that is so untapped. I get that there's, you know, the books and everything that technically aren't canon anymore. And I really enjoyed those. But... Something visual that I can watch that relates to the main Star Wars story is just so much fun. And I really, I'm really excited to see where this is going to go as a longer story. And I really like that I only get one episode a week. You know, Disney's doing a really good job of, like, the newer stuff. They're only doing once a week. Yeah, sure. Why not? Keep people coming back for more. I kind of wish that they would take, like, old, like, Ennio Morricone spaghetti western music and then just, like... (laughs) Make it a little spacier, just like, doo-doo-doo, pew-pew-pew, doo-doo-doo, pew-pew-pew, you know what I'm saying? And then like the R2-D2 scream. Yeah, why not? I would love to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly, but everything, like same melody, but just replace everything with Star Wars noises. With like Star Wars techno noises. By the way, Rick Baker, who I was talking about earlier, did all of the uh, cantina band for Star Wars. Really? Yeah. All right, well, uh, with Fanciful New Beginnings, we are going to go ahead and jump into our fake sponsor segment, uh, which, uh, as I'd like to now transform it into a time for us to promote people who are doing good art in this world, making a good uh, living making art. And now, Drew, uh, let's, uh, let's, how do you pronounce that? Tangled Ink Knots Design Co. That is wrong. No, Tangled Ink, not N-O-T-S, Knots Design Co. Tangled in Knots Design Co. I see it now. <laughs> uh, yes, Tangled in Knots Design Co. Um, our friend Brooke, who is our uh, the president of our fan club, she sent me the link to this site. Uh, it's one of her friends, her friend Caitlin. Uh, she runs the shop and she makes uh, designer scrunchies and they look really cool. Let's see the there's a Walking Dead one. That one's pretty dope. Oh yeah. Uh, we got some Halloween. Do- oh, that's cute. Sunflower, snowflake, perfect for anyone for the winter seasons. If I needed a scrunchie, these would be the scrunchies that I would use. We are like practically bald. Like not actually, but like we just have so little hair that a yes. scrunchie would. Yeah, it's a choice, for. as Dwayne the Rock Johnson would say. Uh, but my favorite is that uh, she sells an OK Boomer crop tee, and just yes, yeah, just, just if yeah. you if you wear cropped t-shirts, you should get one, and if you don't wear cropped t-shirts, try one out. You might like it. You just might. I'm gonna... I wear them around home uh, during the uh, especially during the summer months. You know, you gotta let that belly breathe. That's true. Like uh, I'm blanking on the, the character Steve from uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, Steve Harrington wears a cropped up. It's true. They're handsome. They they look good. They make me look like Winnie the Pooh. I hope you're wearing pants. Now I'm just <laughs> what I do in my own home is none of you. You business. walking around in a crop top, just <laughs> fist deep in a jar of honey, <laughs> dick in the breeze, just flip flopping and flying. <laughs> my stuffing's falling out. <laughs> I'm sorry, Caitlin, that we have. Um, that we have sullied this fake sponsorship for you. Got a little blue there. <laughs> well, hey, I think you got a when little. you buy one of these scrunchies, mm-hmm. go to the checkout, enter promo code BARBER. Nothing will happen. <laughs> but we're... while you're there, continue on and buy that scrunchie for, for full price. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I've tried, I have tried reaching out to people to do, like, sponsorship deals. Uh, nobody's come back to me. Tell you what, come to my barber shop, and I will give you a haircut, and I'm probably gonna charge you full price. Look, I'm a small business owner. All right, as is uh, as is Caitlin. Yeah, uh, what what? It, not design ink. <laughs> Tangled in knots. Tangled ink knots. Small business owner, support them. All right, we're a dying breed. That's uh, true. Small business. You know what? Here's a sad fact, actually. Hmm. Uh, I'm not even a small business owner because I make under like $200,000 a year. Oh. Um, I am a micro business owner. I'm part of the micro economy. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's kind of like 
a rabbit dropping compared to like a dog turd, you know, just so much smaller mm. and wildly more insignificant. And again, tangled ink, tangled, tangled in knots, tangled in knots. So sorry again for sullying. We will make, ad. we will put a link in the description so that no one can mess it up. But to be fair, it's easy to mess things up like uh in the last episode at the end when i gave our show twitter handle mm -hmm. um, because i created we're on twitter for the show now just separately from our own ones in case you have specific need to follow i don't fucking know it just felt like the right thing to do it was the right thing to do i was just validating you <laughs> thank you I yeah you're welcome appreciate some good validation um but i fucked up the twitter handle um because i thought that I remembered it. I was like, yeah, we're just uh, Barber and the Beard at Twitter. No, we are a Barber plus Beard because somebody else has the Barber and the Beard at Twitter.com. Twitter I'm going to find him. I'm going to politely ask him for that handle. It's kind of like um, John Green can't have JohnGreen.com. He has to have like JohnGreenAuthor.com mm -hmm. because a real estate agent in Nebraska already has JohnGreen.com. I, I think my biggest mistake in life was not getting on the internet and buying a ton of domain names in 1999. My God, yeah. And then just like... Well, to be fair, what were we doing in 1999? I was in the sandbox. Yeah, I, uh, just dicking around, you know, just whatever. I was getting uh, hit in the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> Please tell me it wasn't by Dylan. No, it was by Ryan. <laughs> I can totally see it, though. It was an accident. Oh, so religious. he claims, yeah, murderous six-year-old. Murderous six-year-old Ryan, uh, man. Well, thank you, uh, Brooke, for giving us that shout-out for your friend, Caitlin. Uh, we hope this gets you more business. Uh, if it doesn't and it gets you less business, I don't think you can blame us, but in your heart, I'm going to let you, because it's the holidays. I'm going to let people have that. That's generous of you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, now we're going to move into our next segment. Uh, we got Music Clippers, which you've got some very short, decisive things to say this week for Music Clippers. Yeah, the Menzingers put out a new album, and it's good. Just like all the Menzingers albums, so just go listen to the Menzingers. If you like modern baseball or... Ooh, I do like modern baseball. Yeah, you like yourself a little mobo. If you like yourself the front bottoms... I also like the front bottoms. Yeah, you'll love the Menzingers. They're, uh, they're Pennsylvania, like Philadelphia, uh, mid-2000s kind of emo, but not really. Just mm -hmm. emotional, you know? If you like Joyce Manor, you'll like them. Yeah, kind of like pop punk, but not really. Yeah, they're not like poppy. Like, they're not like... Well, what I consider pop punk is like... The Wonder Years, The Front Bottoms, uh, Knuckle Punk, Puck, Punk, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've seen them live. I still can't get their name right. Yeah. I just, like, when I think pop punk, I think, like, uh, the story so far and, like, oh, other, like, really, like, yeah. shitty shit. Yeah, that's so, true. So, like, the good pop punk is what the Menzingers are like, so. Well, that is a very ringing endorsement. Um, I've got, I actually, while we were talking, thought of one other one. The first one is brief. Uh, Kesha's back with a new album. Good for her. Um, it's very, very true to her older roots. It's very different from the last album, which was like her gospel comeback. Um, this one's back to party girl a little bit, which is fine. You know, you have know? fun, girl. Have fun. You girl. do you. Live your life. Yeah. She's uh, had a rough couple of years. She's had a rough, really just like a rough life. Yeah. I mean, like as rough as someone who has that much privilege can have, which is not to say that you can't have a rough time. You know, Michael Jackson had privilege. He was still pretty fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that money really, like, helps. Um, but yeah, it's real good. Uh, I quite enjoy it. It's one of those bops that I'll rock out to at my desk while I'm sorting mail. There you go. Um, but my ringing endorsement for Music Clippers this week is uh, Songs That Saved My Life Volume 2 has come out. Um, it's a collaboration project about music that helped musicians in their hardest times. Um, the first album... They had a cover of, um, yeah. <laughs> that was the most half-assed humming I've ever heard in my I life. Trying, I was hoping that would like put the song into my, uh, into my brain. I can't remember it. Uh, we're just going to pull it up on Spotify because that was pathetic. Uh, oh good. My girlfriend's listening to Charlie Brown Christmas right now. Um, songs. While he's looking it up, I want to ask any of the listeners, does anyone know what's going on with Amanda Palmer? She seems like a crazy person. 
Um, Torn. That's the song. Torn by who? Um, originally. Torn originally is by... The Goo Goo Dolls. It is by... If you're going to be right. I'm not going to be right. Uh, Edna Swap? Is that right? I don't know. Um, these guys. Sure. Whatever. I can see this perfect sky is torn. This is not ringing a bell for me. Wow. I Well, to be fair, it came across my radio a lot because my mom listened to a soft rock station ah. while we were driving all the time. Um, but uh, that was on the first one. And then um, Dan Campbell and Ace Enders did a cover of Broom People by the Mountain Goats, which is one of my favorite songs. There's, ah. there's some good covers. But the second volume... Uh, State Champs do a cover of the Matchbox 20 song Real World, mm. and With Confidence does Drops of Jupiter, uh, Dollskin, Shake It Out, um, Trash Boat does Given Up, which I'm not entirely sure how that works, because they're like a screamo pop-punk band, so I don't know how that cover works. Um, but it's it's real good. I really like uh, musicians that do covers of songs, um, because it really like lets you into a musician's world a little bit. Like, I love... When Brendan Urie does covers when I go to see him live, when I see Panic at the Disco. Um, he did uh, Moving Out by Billy Joel when I saw him the uh, first time. Great song. That's such a good song. And then he did uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun because he had just done Kinky Boots mm. on Broadway, which is written by Cindy Lauper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm going to do a Cindy Lauper song. Whenever I hear Moving Out, it immediately makes me want Chicken Cacciatore. <sighs> yeah. Right? I, I haven't had Kitchen. <laughs> kitchen. Kitchen Cacciatore! <laughs> Fuck. Uh, I haven't had that probably in like five years, so that sounds like it hit the spot. Oh, before we leave music, I did think of two things. Um, Mm -hmm. Two posthumous albums were released uh, yesterday. Uh, Leonard Cohen, his final album ever. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, And then uh, Harry Nilsson. He was popular for um, Lime in the Coconut. He wrote that song and he wrote um, Everybody's Talking. Uh, It was featured famously in Midnight Rider. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a last, uh, a last posthumous recording, uh, of his came out. So both are very good. The Harry Nilsson one is very varied because <laughs> <laughs> that sucked <laughs> because it was like a collection of odds and ends from throughout the years. Whereas, um, the Leonard Cohen stuff, all the vocals were recorded before he passed, and then his son um, brought in, like, other musicians to produce, like, a very curated music behind that. Oh, dang. Yeah, super cool, so. Well, right on. Well, we've got some good food for thought, some good music for the soul for our lovely five listeners to intake. We're up to five. Yeah, we're doing great. That's good stuff. We're, we're, I swear, we're gonna we're gonna blow up. All it takes is just like one good episode. Yeah, one um, like really well produced episode. If anybody who listens wants to like, you know, engage in conversation on Twitter or like, just let me know that you you exist. That'd be cool. That would be cool. We'd like to know our fan base, but also like. Don't if you don't want to. That's okay. Yeah. Again, Drew is the king of not wanting to be canceled. So that's true. I'm really trying to write a fine line here. Yeah. You you are you are right on the middle. You are not a Sith. You are not a Jedi. You ride that gray line all the way to the Greyhound. Yeah. I think the the goal is to just be so lame and boring that you're just like infinitely deemed inoffensive. Like like, like the gray? color gray wildly inoffensive also the color of my pants today gray that's true it's a it's a good color it's a good color of pants it's a yeah. good color to live by wouldn't call it gunmetal gray that'd be problematic <laughs> jesus christ okay well uh our final segment uh we're gonna jump into the extension universe where uh we're gonna keep it pretty laser focused i think we'll go off on tangents that's what we do but uh the batman film R.I.P. Adam West. Pour another one out for the homie. I think that they should cast Adam West as Ghost Batman in this movie. Yeah, that'd be great to put a dead man in a movie. This movie is getting some wild casting. It's like right on the money for me. Yeah, but like that's 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 what I think is going to make it great. Because it was just announced today that... Johnny Turturro. Johnny Turturro of Transformer uh, fame. Fuck you. 
Dude, every uh, Barton Fink, yeah. man. Uh, oh, brother, where art thou? That's also um, uh, fucking uh, Big Lebowski. Dude, Is he in the ba- Big Lebowski? Was he not? Yeah, he was. He was one. Of, yeah, I haven't seen the Big Lebowski in like five years. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's been forever for me too. But like, basically, I think he's in almost every single Coen Brothers movie. He is a fantastic actor. Unbelievable. He, actor. he oh, there's just his mannerisms, his willingness to go into a character. He just does a really good job, and he's going to be playing crime boss. Carmine Falcone. Falcone. I was like, yeah. I want to say it right. I was like, is, is it Carmine? Yeah. Carmine Falcone. Big-ass mob boss in Gotham. I think this is an excellent choice. Yeah. Um, I didn't love the casting of Carmine Falcone in Batman Begins. Well, but also, like, Carmine Falcone in Batman Begins was a Nolan interpretation, too. So that, there's two reasons that I forgive it. One is the Nolan interpretation, and he kind of, like, he tried to make most evil people in, uh, or, I I don't want to say evil people, but, like, the people that the villains were targeting were usually, like, rich banker types or, like, corrupt businessmen. Mm -hmm. So he gives them less of, like, a mobster edge and more of more like, like a real a, white a wall co- street yeah like, like a real white collar yeah company. um and then also he was like bare bones of a main character uh, or like a secondary character in mm-hmm. that thing you know what i mean like yeah totally he's basically there just for the line who are you you know i'm batman exactly and so I didn't really like care but now the chance that we get the chance to have like a real bona fide mobster Carmine Falcone. And, like, we're dealing with the Riddler as well. Yeah, Paul Dano as the Riddler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there was another... I'm just gonna pull Jeffrey up. Wright as uh, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, and, um... Oh, gosh. I'm spacing on his name. Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman slash Selena Kyle. Yes. And... He does, like, all of the motion capture work. I'm Andy Serkis? Yes. As Commissioner Gordon? No. No. He's Alfred. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, Cardi said Jeffrey Wright was Commissioner Gordon. That's stupid. Um, He's Alfred. That's cool because Circus has a hard edge. You know Mm. what I mean? Like when he showed up in um, Black Panther. Yeah. When he does live action work, he's having the time of his life. Yeah, he's great. So I think that Alfred having his MI6 background, um, it'll play well to that. Mm-hmm. Is Circus British or is he? He's he's British. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Also, um. Uh, let's see. And we've also got Robert Pattinson playing Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah, that's solid. Great um, casting. The rumor is that it hasn't been fully confirmed as of IMDb. I think it has since then, and they just maybe haven't updated it. Colin Farrell as a uh, Cobblepot as the Penguin. Colin Farrell. Interesting. I would. I don't need another literal interpretation of the Penguin. I got these hands. I love Danny DeVito. To Danny death. DeVito was the best. born to play small, ugly little creatures. Yeah, he was born to play Frank. Oh my god, he so was. I, but point being, like, we don't need another guy who's pale, looks like a penguin, eats raw fish, actually loves a penguin. Has the teeth. Yeah, we don't need that. Like, for that, like... Shakespearean, you know, like, mm-hmm. really dramatic take on Batman. It totally worked. But uh, for this, I like, yeah, a guy who dresses in fucking black and white and, mm-hmm. uh, you know... He, Just like another crime lord. Yeah, and, like, you know, he can own um, the Iceberg Lounge and it could be, like, an ice bar. Oh, You yeah, know what I mean? Colin Farrell can just, like, be in a, a club owner. Yeah, sitting in the back of a CD club. With the cigar stick. yeah. It'd be great. Classy as yeah. fuck. Um, I will be curious to see how this goes. I, I've been on board since they said Pattinson is Batman. Yeah. What the hell? Why it, not? It just seems like it's going to be a fun ride. Look, no one apparently has been happy with any Batman casting since Michael Keaton. So everyone can just like shut up and just like watch the movie and it'll be fine or it'll be bad and then we can talk about it then. Well, and like Michael Keaton's good, but he's not like the definitive batman well you know that's what happens when a bunch of like people see you know like that's true they feel like they own that movie i mean yeah because like that's the problem with star wars too is they feel like they own these characters and they don't yeah exactly um although if we could somehow get michael keaton to return for uh either i would be fine for either a dark knight returns Mm. live action 
uh, story or um, Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne yeah. and then who, find Terry McGinnis. Who would you want to be Terry McGinnis? Ooh. Like out of the actors right now. That is so tough. I uh, think for me, just because I've seen him in a lot of stuff recently, uh, it would be Charlie Plummer. I think if you Who's let... That? um He was in All the Money in the World. He played the grandson. He's in a Looking for Alaska series on Hulu. Is it Christopher Plummer's grandson? I think so. I think he's oh, really? I think he is. Um, but he just kind of looks like a scrawny Terry. And I think if they buffed him up a little bit, he could be a really good Batman. Well, and the, the thing is, is like he does not have to be buffed up too much just because he's he, still in high school. Right, and he's starting out as, um, you know, this is him starting out as Batman. Right, right. Um, I have zero idea who I would pick who's like actually still um, in high school, but I do like, um, I do like Terry with the darker hair. Um, as well, so like I don't know. There's got to be some like Terry's got to be a little pouty, a little pouty emo kid because his what, dad. What if they made this film ten years from now with Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things? Yeah, I could see it. I could see that, but he's like, we'll have yeah, yeah, probably, because he's supposed to be like kind of like a scrawny little nerd. Basically, it's like a more depressing Spider-Man story mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. There's some good Batman content for you. Yeah. We also both, in the time that we mentioned the Batman games on PlayStation Network, have uh, both basically beaten the games. I w- I've gone as far as I'm willing to go. Yeah. How about that? That's kind of how I was when I replayed Kingdom Hearts. I got to a part that was really difficult, and then I was like, I've beaten this before. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's that Arkham Knight bullshit where they, you just like get sequestered to the Batmobile, so yeah, whatever. Ain't nobody got time for that. No. All right. Well, is there anything else that you would like to say, or have we have we come to a gradual good stopping place? I want to go with pizza. I also Hannah's ordering pizza as soon as I leave this house. Hell yeah! All right. Well, thank you all for listening, Drew. Thank you for potting with me this week. Absolutely, man. Anytime. All, all right. We have had fun. Um, we will be back whenever future me says we're going to be back. And thank you again for listening. You guys have a great night. Bye. Hi guys, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Barber and the Beard. Drew and I will be back on Friday, December 20th with our next episode, the last episode of 2019. Ooh. The music you're hearing at the beginning and the end of this episode is Campfires by Scandinavians with a Z. Got some questions for us? Want to get in on the conversation? Maybe just want to say hi? Follow us on Twitter at barber plus beard at twitter.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Well... We won't see you, but you'll hear us.